And so we want to bless God. And uh, I want to also want to use this opportunity to welcome those who are worshiping with us on LiveGate Outreach TV and uh, our audio channels on um, Apple Podcasts or Buzzsprouts. We are grateful to God for the privilege to be able to uh, uh, bring the word of God to you through this media. And um, I am very excited that today we are starting a brand new series for the next eight weeks themed Sanctification by the Holy Spirit. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. You see, the word sanctification has, in a way, not been given its due place in the body of Christ. We have taken sanctification to mean holiness, which it is. But many times we have not understood that sanctification and holiness is not just about a kind of a lifestyle that, you know, shows you as holy. That's just the tip of it. Sanctification is a separation unto God. It's a separation unto God. Anywhere you read in scripture that a people of God were separated unto him, delivered from evil, given a new lease of life, prevented from the plague in the land, everything is talking about sanctification. Anything that separates a people unto God is referring to God's power in sanctification. So we are looking at the sanctification God has ratified for us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this series. So I know many of you here would have learned about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and all that, which is good. But I want us to, I believe God, look a bit deeper through this series to understand that the operation of the gifts of the Spirit and those things that God has given us is part of his agenda and plan to sanctify us unto himself. We read, for those of you who are watching this on uh, LiveGate Outreach TV or listening to the audio, we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 11 in our Bible reading, but I want to quickly skim through the first seven verses again, and that's our banner there, which we'll be using over the next few weeks. Amen. So we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren... I do not want you to be, what? Ignorant. Can I have 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, please? Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. Because ignorance is a a problem. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So Paul said, if, if you read 1 Corinthians generally, Paul had been exalting them about different things, about marriage, how their temple, what is the temple of the Holy Spirit, how we are God's fellow workers, and all those things. He taught them about communion. Then when he got to chapter 12, he said, look, there is something about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant, because if you are ignorant of them, you will make light of what they are, and you will not be able to achieve all that God wants you to achieve, in my paraphrase. He said, you know, verse 2, say, you know you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Thank you, verse 2. Now verse 3. He said, and therefore, let's read it together, it's on your screen. And therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. 
And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. He said, there are diversities of gifts, but what? The same spirit. Verse 5. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Verse 6. And there are diversities of activities, but it is what? The same God who works works all in all. Verse 7. Let's read it together. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the sanctification of all, for the benefit of all, for the redemptive rights of all. The gift I have, the gift you have, is given for the profit of all, for the total emancipation of all. So when I use my gift and you use your gift, we empower one another within the same body, like the hand helps the leg and the mouth helps the other parts of the body. The ear hears things and puts a whole body to flight. If the ear can pick up that there is a danger approaching, a loud sound that looks like the sound of a gunshot is picked up not by the hand, not by the foot, not by the heart, not by the brain, as vital as those organs are, but the tiny ears to the sides of your head. And when they pick those up, it puts the whole body in alert that there could be danger. It's the same way. Whatever the gift you have, whatever the gift I have, eh, are given by the manifestation of the Spirit, given to each one of us for the profit of all. So just like the Trinity, we are both different and the same. So the title of today's message, I know I have not given it to you specifically, is the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. Say with me, the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. This is very important. We read that from those three verses. Go back to verse 4 and uh, verse 5 and verse 6. Verse 4 says, But to each one, I read verse 4, it said, There are diversities. Let me read verse 4. I think that's verse 4. Yeah. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Somebody say, Diversities of gifts. Verse 5. Now, there are differences of ministries. Somebody say differences of ministries. Verse 6. And there are diversities of activities. Say diversities of activities. I'm going somewhere with this. I just want to explain myself very well. He said that there are diversities of gifts. There are differences of ministries and there are diversities of activities. The diversities of the gifts is by the same spirit, verse 4. The differences of ministries is by the same Lord, verse 5. The diversities of gifts, the differences of ministries is by the same Lord, verse 5. Then go to verse 6. He said, and there are diversities of activities, manifestations of activities, and it's the same God. Again, say with me, the same Lord, say the same Spirit, the the same Lord, the same God. First John chapter 5 verse 7 tells us, he said, for there are three that bear witness in heaven. There are three that bears witness in heaven. He said, the Father, the Word, 
and the Holy Spirit, and these three are what? One. There are three that bear witness in heaven. Some translations say record in heaven. He said, and these three are one. The same way that there are differences in the Trinity, even though it's the same God and the same being, we, you and I have differences in ministries. We have diversities of gifts. We have diversities of activities, but we are the same. Every time you want to look at the Trinity can be looked at in many ways. And uh, to help us, we have had different kinds of definitions that help us to understand the three in one uh, nature of God. But every time you want to look at the Trinity, think about the Trinity from the word perspective. Everything is about the word. The Bible says in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So God the Father, say God the Father speaks the word. Say God the Father speaks the word. Jesus the Son is the spoken word. And God the Holy Spirit is the power of the spoken word. So everything is about the word. That's why from Genesis chapter 1, God the Father said the spoken word. Let there be. And then we read in Hebrews, by him all things were created as the spirit of God hovered upon the faces of the deep. So the three act in distinct functionalities, but they are part of the same body. So if the Bible makes us to understand that the same spirit, the same Lord, and the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same Son of God, the same Father, God the Father, is at work in us in diversities of gifts, in differences of ministries, and diversities of activities, we must understand that none of us have any right. The same way the Trinity cannot be split and the, the son does not take anything to himself. And the father does not do anything, sp- does not speak anything outside that which is in his son. And the spirit does nothing, only that which the father has commanded. We must understand that as a body of Christ, we have no choice for us to get the full benefit of the sanctification that the Godhead has given to us. We must walk by the same spirit. We must walk by the same Lord. And we must walk by the same God. So in the body of Christ, we have these different things. I make this emphasis because as we go through these gifts, over the next few weeks, we will be understanding our areas of calling. Everyone has a gift. Some of you may be surprised and say, but Pastor David, I don't think I have any spiritual gift. I've been born again for five years and I don't think I can do anything. I just know I can pray and all that. But as we go through these gifts, you will see how it is so easy for you to recognize your gift and for you to know how to use it. And I pray that this series is going to really set us free as uh, the different sessions will be held over the next few weeks. The Lord himself will be doing a new thing in every one of our lives. In the name of Jesus. Very importantly, verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the spirit is for the profit of all. For the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Amen. And so I want us to truly be fully engaged in this. So when we talk about the same Spirit, verse 4, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. He says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. When the Bible talks about diversities of gifts here, the word gifts is from the word charisma from which we get charis, which is basically a translation 
that we have used to mean grace. Grace. You see, there are diversities of gifts. The gift of God is the grace of God. What God has given to us, the Bible says that these gifts he has distributed to us by grace. We read this in Romans chapter 12 verse 6. The Bible says, having then gifts that are differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us do what? Use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy to the proportion of our faith. So there is a grace that is given to you, a grace that is given to me. That is the gift. The grace for salvation appears to all of us. We embrace salvation. But after that, we must understand that in that grace, the Bible says he has given to every one of us severally as he wills. In that grace, there is a grace that is in your direction that has brought a gift your way. That gift is not a gift that you use for yourself, but a gift for you to manifest to the body, to function in the body. The Bible says that having then gifts differing, yours is different from mine, is different from your sister, is different from your brother, is different from your spouse. Yours is different from your child's, is different from your father's or your mother's. There is a differing gift in everyone and the Bible says the purpose of it is to use it. That grace gives you the gift but you are also to use it. He said let us use them. Why am I making this emphasis? If we do not understand that the gifts of the spirit that we have are for use and for edification, we make light of what God has done. And not only that, we become abusers of that which God has done in sending his son Jesus to die for mankind. The Bible says when he rose in Ephesians chapter 4, he gave gifts to men. So we make his death. And his resurrection of no effect when we refuse to recognize and worse still, use the gifts that he has given to us. He said, these gifts are differing. There is a grace that is given to us. He said, but let us use them. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10. We use them, but we use them to also manifest. Thank you. He said, as each one has received a gift, minister it to what? To yourself? Read it with me. Let's read from the top again. As each one has received a gift, minister it to what? One another. As what? Good stewards of what? The manifold grace of God. So by faith, by grace we receive, by grace we also manifest. What we manifest is the manifold grace. So the gift or gifts you have, when you use them, they are released as manifold graces. And as we go through each of the gifts, you will see how they are manifold graces. Whether it is the gift of the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge or the gift of prophecy, it releases itself. It is one grace to you, but it is many grace to others. Because the word of wisdom to this person brings a grace that helps them in a situation of life. The word of wisdom to another person gives them the, the, the wisdom for another situation of life. Somebody say manifold grace. But it is a diversity of the gifts, but by the same spirit. We must never forget that the same spirit there refers to us understanding that this is a gift. This is a grace. So these different gifts are given to each person. We must always remember that the Holy Spirit remains the source. So there is no need to compete. There is no need to be comparing because that's not the intention. 
When Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, some of them said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. And he said to them, you're missing the point. We are the same. Somebody plants, somebody waters. Somebody gives, inter- somebody gives a tongue, somebody gives an interpretation of tongue. Even if the same person does the same thing, it's just about a gift to profit all. Hallelujah. And when we understand this, it helps us some more to, to see the place of how the gifts of the Spirit are meant to benefit us even the more. Then we go to verse 5, the same Lord. Verse 5, 1 Corinthians 12, 5. It says, there are different kinds of ministries, but what? The same Lord. There are different kinds of ministries, but the same Lord. That's verse 5. Thank you. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Different types of ministries. When we talk about ministries, we're now talking about offices that God has called us to serve. So the Bible makes us to understand that he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. And he gave other kinds of ministry gifts for administration, for welfare, and so on and so forth. But the key church Planting church building ministries are what we call the fivefold ministries in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, Some of those are prophets, some of those are apostles, some of those are pastors, some of those are teachers, some of those are evangelists. He said, He gave these ones, there are differences. So at times we can operate certain gifts, but yet we're operating in different ministries, even in the manifestation of those gifts. It is important that we realize that there are different ways of serving. There are different ways of expressing this gift. There are different ways of expressing the gifts. If it is a gift of prophecy to be manifested by a prophet is natural, is part and parcel of what a prophet would do. But if a teacher would manifest the gift of prophecy, it becomes entrenched in the teaching. How many people understand what I'm saying? If a pastor would manifest the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, he manifests it in the context of his office as a pastor. If an evangelist will manifest the gift of healing and at the same time will manifest the gift of word of wisdom, he manifests it in the context of the evangelist. Most of the time at outreaches and opportunities to have gatherings that require evangelistic messages for the kind of audience that are there. All the operation of the gifts of the ministries and the differences of the ministries is by the same spirit and by the same Lord. The body of Christ must wake up to understand that we have a responsibility. When a gift is given to a person, the giver expects a performance by the given. Every time God gives a gift, like the parable of the talents, he is watching on everyone that has been given that gift in understanding what they are to do with it because they are for the profiting of all. When the Bible talks about the same Lord in verse 5, it's talking about what the Greek word kairios, which is K-Y-R-I-O-S, which simply means master. It means the one who is in control. In this case, the same Lord there refers to Jesus Christ. Who is the head of the church? So every ministry that we have, the Bible says he, Jesus Christ, gave some of us to be pastors, some of us to be teachers, some of us to be evangelists, and so on. These different ways of serving are things that we must identify. So even if we have the same spiritual gifts and we find ourselves in different offices, we must know how God expects us to use these. This is what Kairios means. He is the Lord Jesus himself. 
And when we understand this as well, we know that of a truth, when you have a head, you know that you don't disobey that which the head commands. There are instructions he has given before he left. He said, go into all the world and preach to all nations, baptizing them in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he began to tell us in different ways how we are to manifest in these gifts and ministries. So he has commanded us and we need to be recognizing our gifts and acting in them accordingly. The body of Christ must understand that there is, no, there is nothing new under the sun. Everything God has said in his word has existed, is existing and will continue to exist. Hallelujah. Every word that God has given as to the perfection of the church is non-negotiable. This church is going, and when I say this church, now I'm talking about the body of Christ. The Bible says it's going to become glorious because Jesus Christ is coming back for a church without a spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that will be so perfected at the end of time. And you and I will understand this, that as long as we stay in the place of believing and trusting and acting and moving and taking responsibilities for the differences of our ministry, we'll be a part of that end time army that is presenting that church, the bride that Christ is seeking to come to marry in Jesus' name. So we have different ways of serving and all under the direction and coordination of our Lord and Master, the same Lord, the same Lord, Jesus Christ. And then verse 6 talks about the diversities of activities, which in this case talks about and it says it is the same God, which in this case talks about the different kinds of energies. There's actually a Greek word there called energima. It talks about energy. That is the same word from which we have derived energy. It talks about the power behind all those gifts, all those ministries. There is an energy you need. I have found in my own little experience of life so far that no matter your gifting, no matter your calling, which is without repentance... The manifestation and your ability to use it lies in the energy that God himself supplies. It lies in the power that God himself supplies. We are always looking for the power to manifest. And we forget that it has to start with the power to operate in the ministries first and foremost. The power to do what God has called you to do. This power is not just physical. It is not just spiritual. It is an all-encompassing power. You must have every kind of power that you need. When Jesus said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's not just power to be able to decree a thing and come to pass. That's part of it. If you have that and you don't have financial power, you'll be limited. If you have that and you don't have physical power in yourself to be strong, you'll be limited. If you are always sick, always down, always you know, feeling weak, you'll be limited. The gift is there. The ministry is there. It makes no difference, but the real power to do it comes from God himself. And the Bible says it is that same God. Let's read verse 6. And there are what? Diversities of activities, but it is what? The same God who does what? Works all in all. It works all power in all persons. It doesn't work part power in you and part power in me. So never let the words, I cannot do it, come from your lips anymore. Because you can do all things through Christ that does what? Strengthens you. Hallelujah. 
When a demand of ministry is placed upon you, never say to God, I cannot. Because it has nothing to do with you. When God calls you, and God can call you in any way. God can call you directly. God can call you through the ministry that you are in. He can call you for an assignment. If you are given an assignment, never say, I cannot. Because that assignment is given to you, not because you have the power in you, in your physical being by yourself. But because there is a God that works all power. Somebody say he works all power in all people. That is what it means. It works all in all. The same God. So if you have ever seen anybody manifest the power of God. And you, you are thankful to God about it. Know that that same God that worked that same power. Is able to give you all grace. That you also can abound in every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, you need to step out of some of your mindsets. I'll be preaching for a friend of mine in a couple of weeks. And when he told me the theme of the anniversary, and God began to show me something to do with newness. And God began to show me how mindsets must change for you to embrace any new thing. Anything new needs a change of a mindset. If you want to walk at a level that you have never been walking before, you have to break from this mindset that you are currently in. Every limitation we have today is as a result of the confinement of our minds. God cannot do beyond what you are able to comprehend. When he was about to start blessing Abraham, he had to show him the stars in the sky. He had to show him the sands by the beach. He had to show him all those things to change his mindset, to change his thinking, so that he can understand that he will not just be a father of one or two, but a father of billions. And the rest is history. I say God will walk all in all in you. In the name of Jesus. This same God refers to the Theo God. We call him the Theo God. That's why in the church we use theocracy. The church is not a democratic setting. Every attempt of man to make the church democratic has always failed. The church is not a democratic setting. It is a theocratic setting. Directed by God, owned by God, for God. Everything we are, everything we will ever become is from him and by him and for him. He is the all in all who walks in all for his own purpose and his own purpose alone. Hallelujah. And so we must understand the responsibility that is placed on us, particularly as church leaders and people with positions of authority. We must understand the responsibility to hear from God, to have instructions from God about the work that he has given us to do. Everyone, pastor, truly an apostle, truly called of God, truly called of God, has a specific assignment in that body. Some are called to minister in certain ways. Some are called to teach in certain ways. Some are called to sing in certain ways. Some are called to heal in certain ways. Some are called to manifest the diversities of gifts in certain ways. Nothing is wrong with anybody as long as they are doing what God has called them to do. Don't condemn any church that is sent of God doing the work that God has called them to do. Because that is their assignment. Everyone staying on their course brings a healing and a total redemption to the body of Christ. That is God's desire. That is God's wisdom. No man can ever fondle him because he's the same God who works all in all. I was born into an evangelical church, baptized in a Baptist church, and have been in almost every kind of Pentecostal setting you can think of. Tell me about church. We are the same body. 
We only express in different ways so that we can understand. I have friends who are in the Catholic setting, the Catholic charismatics. I have friends who are in the Anglican. I have friends who are in almost any kind of church. I have friends who are Methodists. I have friends who are in the Redeemed Church, Living Faith Church, all the Pentecostal churches, you know. I have friends in Potter's House. I have friends everywhere because we are the same body. We are the same body. The problem of the body of Christ today is deviation, comparing, looking, and assessing, trying to do what others are doing. (laughs) If you stay at what God has called you to do, you will see the fruits God is planning you to reap. And you will reap your fruits in Jesus' name. This is why we put out our messages every Sunday here. So that the world can listen. So that if you are considering joining what we are doing here, you listen to what we preach. If you think it's not your kind, somebody say it's not your style. Say, 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 say if it is not your style. Say it like I'm saying it. I didn't say style. I said style. Aha. If it is not your style, say it with me. Say if it is not your style. Then you look for your style and go there and serve. Hallelujah. Because the body of Christ is like that, we must understand that this is what God expects from us. The distinct effects that comes from the energy, that comes from the power, the energy that comes from God, is the power that works all in all. Romans chapter 9, verse 20. It says, but indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God with the thing that formed it, say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? You heard it from the choir leader today when they were leading worship. We didn't compare notes, but you heard her say, how can the potter, how can the clay say to the potter, why am I this way? And the potter will form the clay. You heard when she was talking about revival. How many of you were here then? When she started speaking, I remembered. I said, Lord, that is your spirit in action. He said, can the, play, can, can the one who formed it say to him, who formed it, why have you made me like this? God knows exactly who he has made you. That is why by the grace of God, I don't compare myself to anybody else at all. I respect everybody. I thank God for what everybody is doing. But I'm so grateful if, if you ask me about having a fulfilled life, I am so fulfilled in God. It is nothing to do with pride. It is understanding that I am uniquely made. You need the same understanding for yourself. It sets you free. It sets you free. The stress many times in life comes when people are complaining to God. Why have you made me like this? Every time you stand in front of the mirror, you say, wow, 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 this is the best masterpiece created on the planet. You look so good, boy. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't stand there and say, why, why is my neck like this? Oh, this is my neck. I need to do something. That, no, you don't have to do anything about your neck. Your neck is perfect. It's not too long. It's not too short. It's just the right size. Hallelujah. May God continue to help us in Jesus' name. He said, does that not, look at verse 21. He said, does not the potter have the power, verse 21. Does not the potter have the power over the clay? He has power over you. He has power over me. He said, from one lump to make one vessel for honor and another to dishonor. He knows how he wants to do it. There are pastors, no matter what they do, they would never pastor more than 50 people plus children and adults. No matter what they try to do. What they need to recognize is that that is their size of congregation. Stay with it and do it faithfully. Carry those 50 to heaven, you'll get your full reward. Don't be frustrating yourself that your friend that you started ministry together is now pastoring 5,000. He is a man of 5,000. 
If you give a man of 5,050 people, he will blow their head. Because what he contains is more than 50 people. So if he tries to stay in 50 people, he will confuse all of them. <laughs> what he's carrying is more than 50 people. <laughs> so you will see that that church will not survive. And if you carry a man of 50 to a church of 5, he will disintegrate. The man himself will disintegrate. He is a man of 50, but he's trying to fit into 5,000. He will disintegrate because he doesn't have that grace in him. Recognize who you are. Recognize where you are. It has nothing to do with complacency. If your church is not growing, don't say, oh, I'm a man of five or ten. That is laziness. When you know God has shown you 500, 5,000, don't sit there and say, that is my grace, brethren, that is our grace. No, that is not your grace. That is laziness. <laughs> so let's get the balance. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, every time you are preaching, the Holy Spirit will tell you, you better say the other one. If you don't say it now, you, you will not let them get the full picture. <laughs> because somebody can be lazy and they sit down there and say, you know, brethren, we are, we are a church of this. Hey, God has shown you you are not of that size. So you keep walking. But he knows that he has made you for honor and, and you will be for honor. I say you will be for honor in the name of Jesus. So though we serve in these different ways and varying gifts, we are all accountable to the same God at the end of the day. What is your life? To make money? To marry, have children? That's good. You will have children by the grace of God. You will have grandchildren. Jesus starting to come. In fact, great-grandchildren. Jesus starting to come. Amen. That's not an achievement. Everybody can do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. The achievement is recognizing the gift of God upon your life. And manifesting it to your world till your very last breath. I have made up my mind that by the special grace of God till I go to my grave, this word he has given me will be preached, will be preached and preached and preached. Every opportunity I have will be preached and preached and preached because that is the message he has given me. I do other things in life, but they come secondary to this great calling of God. And I pray that every one of us will understand that whatever we are called to do, in our vocations, in our professions, in our careers, as beautiful as those things are, they must find their way in manifesting themselves to the Great Commission. Because you, that is why you are called, that is why you exist, and that is who you must be till he comes to call you home. In the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. He said, there is no importance in anyone who plants, nor he who waters, but what? God. Who gives increase. So when he says it is the same God, we must keep giving him reverence. Verse 8 says, Now he who plants and he who waters are what? They are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Let's shout verse 9 together. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, you are God's building. Every one of us must realize that we are God's fellow workers, we are his field, we are his building. You see, when we look at ourselves in the times of giftings, every time I'm manifesting myself in this gift, this ministry and gifts, I am a fellow worker, and at that point, you are God's building, you are God's field. I am working with God to sow into your life. When I sit down there, I'm just giving an illustration. When I sit down there and say the ministry team, the worship team, come up here, and they are manifesting their gift. At that point, in that way, I am God's field and God's building. And they are fellow workers in worship with God to minister to all of us. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when the Bible says that we are fellow workers and then we are filled, we need to understand. When I'm using my gift and you are using your gift, 
you are in the fellow worker category. But when others are benefiting from your gift and your ministry, they are God's field and God's building. So we switch roles every time as part of this building process. One minute, you are the fellow worker. The next minute, you are the field. Receiving a gift of somebody else. This is what energizes you and empowers you to manifest, to receive, to manifest, to receive, to manifest, to receive. Say, I'm God's fellow worker. And I am God's field. Say, I'm God's building. The Bible says we all, 1 Peter 2, 5, we all as living stones are being fitted together to become one beautiful building unto the Lord. So as we are God's building, we must be positioned. What does that mean? What does that place responsibility on us? When you are manifesting, take the responsibility of manifestation. The responsibility of manifestation is to be disciplined, to be disciplined in your office, to be dependable in your office, to be loyal in your office, to be reliable in your office, to be trustworthy in your office. That is the responsibility of being a fellow worker. And then what is the sole responsibility of being a field and being a building? It is for you to humble yourself and receive the gifts that God brings your way. Everyone in this life, no matter who you are, I have been, I have seen, I have been privileged to see people who have done stuff and are still doing stuff for God and with God. I look at them when they are receiving the gifts of others. They are at rapt attention. They are benefiting. They understand this principle that there are certain times you have fellow worker ministering. But you must also understand that there are times that you are filled receiving the seed, receiving the ministry, and also being built up by it into God's building. May God continue to grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. Because there's a responsibility, Ephesians 4.16. He said, for whom the whole body joined and knitted together. For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Say, I am a joint. I have something to supply. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a joint. You have something to supply. I'm waiting for it. Hallelujah. He said, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Everyone does its share. When you go to a church and you're always complaining about everything else everybody else is doing, you are missing the point. You have a share. As a matter of fact, I learned this more than 20 years ago, that when you get to a place and you find that, or you are in a place and certain things are not happening and you seem to be the only one to find that it's not happening, that means that is what you should do. Stop complaining that the others are not doing it. <laughs> if they saw it, they will do it. You saw it. He showed you. He has put a grace in you first to see it. Receive the grace to do it. Hallelujah. This is how it works. The body of Christ is full of people who will say, they don't do that. They don't do that. Oh, that's not right. That's, mm, that's not, that's wrong. I was that singing. Oh, that close. Da, 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 da. No. Sit down. <laughs> and all those things that you are finding out, go and pray and say, Lord, what will you have me do here? I've shared with you many times. Some of you are bored of the story, but I'll keep saying it anyhow. When I was a young boy of about 24 years old, I found myself in a church, 23, 24. I found myself in a church and uh, I just walked in. I didn't know anybody there. I just walked into the church and I saw musical instruments all over the place and two people just stood and sang one kind way like that to do worship and I saw the minister manage through all that, came up, delivered the word of God, saw his heart for, for souls and everything and I said, wow, this is serious. This man of God is trying but doesn't he have a worship team? So I kept quiet. I went the following Sunday, saw the same scenario repeat itself. 
And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, go and offer yourself to become a, 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 a worship member. I said, Lord, I've never sang anywhere. If I sing, they will run away. <laughs> he said, go and offer yourself. So I went to the man of God. I said, I want to join the worship team. He said, fine, brother, you are welcome. And as a you know, zealous man as he was, he just asked me to come into the worship team. And I joined the worship team. And before I knew it, I became one of the worship leaders. And then God started to bring instrumentalists. And then he brought alongside two other brothers who had just finished Bible school at that time. At that time, I just finished my master's. I just started doing some work in that city in northern Nigeria. And the three of us began to lead worship. And right before our eyes like this, that ministry complemented God's servant's ministry. That man is now a pastor in London. So if you need to speak to him, he can tell you this story himself. And he complimented his ministry. And before we knew it, right before our eyes, the church was getting filled and getting filled and getting filled. I'm going to round this up by sharing with you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. He said, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. He said, do not despise prophecies. Don't do those things. Do not despise prophecies, verse 20. Praise the Lord. I'm reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20. Thank you. He said, do not despise prophecies. Can I have verse 22? He said, abstain from every form of evil. Sorry. He said, abstain from every form of what? Evil. Verse 23. He said, now may the God of peace himself, what? Sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is because God wants, you have heard this verse many, many times in the last few weeks. God wants to sanctify our spirit, soul, and body. There are nine gifts which we will read and go through for the, for the series to come in the next eight weeks after now. And these nine gifts are in three different categories. We just, for the sake of understanding how they are. The Bible makes us to understand that there are what is called the revelatory gifts. The revelatory gifts. These are the word of, write them down, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and uh, the, the discernment of spirits. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discernment of spirits. Every Sunday we'll be looking at these gifts and seeing how God expects us to understand and use them. Next week we'll just look at the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And after that we'll have different ministries helping us to see these gifts in more details. There we have the power gifts. These are the gifts that are always doing something. The first ones are always talking. They're always revealing things. But the, the, the second group are the power gifts, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. We'll do them in three different Sundays as well. And then we have what is called the utterance gifts, slightly different from revelatory gifts because revelatory gifts are given from a position of what God has known about what has existed or what is going to exist, and he reveals it to us, to others. But the utterance gifts is much more having to do with speaking Speaking like the tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecies. These are for our spiritual sanctification. So the revelatory gifts are much more for our spiritual sanctification. The power gifts are much more for our physical sanctification, healings, miracles. And the utterance gifts are much more for our solical sanctification. 
the sanctification of our mind. And as we go through these gifts, we'll see how those things apply. I just want to encourage you, dear friends, brothers and sisters, what God wants to do in your life and in my life is plenty. He desires to see a church in this end time that will truly manifest his power. What we have missed in the body of Christ is the fact that God is much simpler than we try to make him. When I was growing up, you could not manifest any spirit. When I was growing up, I mean teenager coming into early 20s, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit to understand these things. You could not manifest any of the gifts, and people would believe you if you didn't shake your head and behave one kind of way. <laughs> if you just come and say, "Thus says the Lord, they'll say, that's not God speaking. Mm-mm. Because you have not come to say, shh, shh. <laughs> I saw all that. And God saw our innocence. He knew that we were just trying to get it right. So over the years, he taught us that you don't have to do all that. You don't have to do all that. Just speak the word. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just manifest the gift. I was here just two weeks ago. We were praying, and the the Holy Spirit just prompted me that somebody was struggling about buying a car. I didn't know who it was. It came from nowhere. I said, you know, just go ahead, take the step. The same week, the same week, I had two testimonies. Said one came, said, Sir, I was the one. The other one came, said, say, well, As long as you know you are the one. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, nothing, nothing dramatic about it. Because there are gifts. There are gifts that God wants to use to separate you from the world system and the things that are limiting you in the world. And I decree that in your life, you will manifest your God given gifts. In the name of Jesus, I decree that in your life, your world will be better by your gifts and ministries. In the name of Jesus, let's rise to our feet.